Welcome to Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose, where we pull back the curtain on running a financial advisory business focused on providing intentional advice to couples and families. I'm Dennis Morton. And I'm Katie Brown. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to the Simply Why podcast. I'm Dennis Morton here with Katie Brown. Katie, how are you doing today? Very well. Thank you, Dennis. How about you? Good, good. Right, our standing desks again. You've got the massager ball working the foot. I think everybody should have a standing desk and have a little spiky ball they can massage their foot on. It's once again different different ways to build energy. I love it. I'm wearing cap toe shoes. I don't think I'd feel anything under my foot right now. So I think barefoot podcasting is definitely your bag, not mine. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Today we're going to talk about couples communication. We've said it before, we work with a lot of couples. It's something we really pay attention to and focus on is the relationship dynamic as people live, earn, spend, and have a relationship with money. Uh, But communication is something that's taken for granted. It's it's not important until it is. And we want to explore that a little bit today because we happen to both be married to People, we communicate differently and we see every single couple that walks into our office has a different dynamic when it comes to communication. There's no one answer here. So tell me some common situations that we've encountered with couples in communication. Like what are some common attributes that we do see? I think oftentimes within a couple, one is more focused on the here and now and the other one's more focused on the future. And sometimes it's it's reconciling the two and being able to serve both sides well, because both of those are ultimately important when you think about your financial lives, your financial plan, you have to solve for both. But I do feel like that is a common place where couples struggle with communication is finding that middle ground and, and solving for both the here and now and the long-term. What I've experienced in the short term, if one person is really focused on short term concerns, which oftentimes turns into fear is is a function of fear. It's because they don't have a sense of the plan. Yes. They don't know what the long-term plan is. We've talked to clients who say, you know what, I'll pick on the guys because the guys often have it all in their head, but we'll we'll talk to a spouse and, and they'll say, you know what, I'm just really concerned about the future because I don't know what happens if. What happens if my husband stops working? What happens if my wife stops working? What if we both stop working at the same time? I don't have confidence in what's on the other side. Therefore, I'm going to be really fearful about the future. Whereas the other person says, I've got it all up in my head. I can be confident about the future. Well, that's a communication gap. Mm -hmm. One, you're not talking about it naturally. Or two, there's not a facilitator like a financial advisor who draws that out, who creates a safe space to have that conversation. Yes, I I think you're right. I think not having clarity on the plan definitely brings about stress today. I think the other other piece where some of that stress comes from too is we've talked about filtering out the noise and sometimes allowing the, the news flow of the day, the issues, the concerns that you're seeing maybe amongst even your peers, your family, et cetera, allowing those to impact you when maybe they don't need to be your concerns. Maybe they're going to show up differently. The world around you is going to show up very uniquely and differently for you than it is the person next to you. And so allowing some of those outside influences or outside stressors become your stress. Yes. This is an all anecdotal, but just I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. How many people 
are hyper aware and have opinions and communicate all the time on politics. I was so afraid you were going to say that word. And, 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 and yet, and yet have no awareness or communication or dialogue with their own spouse on money. Wow. Like just complete chasm. Like I understand that you have, you have all the opinions in the world about right or left or what's happening in the world and who, who should be in office and everything else. By the way, have you talked to your spouse about money? Yes. How about, how about expending some energy that direction? Wouldn't that be useful? That's, that's my hot take of the day. That, that's a zinger. <laughs> well, you talk about, that's one of my pet peeves. It really, it really is because I have very rarely seen politics create adverse incomes in a family's financial plan. I have seen a lack of communication create extreme adverse outcomes in a family's financial plan. Right. So can we please focus on where our energy should be? I think we're done with this podcast, Dennis. You, <laughs> you nailed it. You, you are exactly right. And we're coming out an election year here shortly. And, and we know, we know from experience, it is going to be part of probably 80% of the phone calls at some point. And, and that's okay, because there are some influences that can happen over time. But the outsized impact that I think a lot of people expect just doesn't materialize mm-hmm. the way that they expect it to. Whereas, you're right, the outsized impact of not communicating with your spouse does materialize. Mm-hmm. So take away for the day, talk to your spouse. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk worst case scenarios. If I don't establish a good communicative relationship with my spouse about money, what happens? Let's, let's do kind of the adverse case. Stress. I mean, the bottom line is stress happens. If you don't have communication, then you're not properly setting expectations and if you don't have properly set expectations, there's disappointment somewhere along the line. Yeah. That difference between what you expect and, and the reality. So disappointment, stress, and, and that can show up in any number of different ways. Health, mm-hmm. that shows up huge in health. Unfortunately, and, and that that can impact the quality of life that you have in retirement. Obviously, it can it can show up in, in other ways too. It can show up in legacy, how you support your grown children or support causes around you. Maybe you're doing too much, too little mm-hmm. in what you would otherwise do with strong communication with your spouse. I think it, it shows up in, in so many different areas. Right. And I think there's a lot of confidence that comes from learning that, hey, we do have a lot of common ground on these particular topics, but where are we furthest apart? And it, it, it may be on how you feel about debt. You know, For some people, one conversation we've had over the years is, uh, do I pay off my mortgage? Well, that's probably something you should talk to your spouse about because it may make perfect financial sense to continue paying a mortgage and not pay it off. But if it gives them peace of mind or if that's a stressor for them, then maybe just from a qualitative perspective, it does make sense to do those things. But without having that conversation, you'd never know. One instance where lack of communication really shows up is in the tragedy of a spouse passing away. Mm-hmm. The hardest, uh, again, I'm going to pick on the guys here because that's been our most frequent set of circumstances and, and women tend to live longer than men. The hardest cases we've ever dealt with are with widows where unfortunately they'll come to us saying, my husband just passed, I need help. And it's really challenging if the guy had it all in his head because suddenly you're trying to, to piece together what may have been a really good plan, but a plan that was never communicated effectively. And now it's someone who's grieving 
and working through all of the all of the dynamics that exist of living solo now, plus the weight of not understanding the plan. One of our goals for our firm is to try and accelerate the timeline for when people start engaging with an advisor, if only for that reason, right? to get it out on paper, to have a third party sitting at the table, just to put it somewhere that's outside of your head, because if it's in your head, it doesn't count. Yeah. You know, sadly, the average age of widowhood is 59 years old. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that. Wow. That's... Mm-hmm. It is very young. And... Oftentimes people don't think they need an advisor until they're getting ready to retire. And maybe that's past age 59, but you're right. That planning upfront to get on the same page, to know where all of your resources are, who to call, what to do. All of that stuff is, is so important because that's the stuff you don't want to have to think about in the time. And, and how often do, do we hear too from some of our clients that were widowed I want to do what my husband, my spouse would want me to do. And, and there, there's a constant trying to figure out what decision should I make now? How should I make that decision? What would they have wanted me to do? Which may not necessarily be the right decision for you anymore in your new circumstance, but also it's, it's an added stress of trying to guess. Yes. So it's not just facts and figures, it's intent. Yes. What was the intent behind here? And the tactic to get there might change, especially now that it's just you and not the couple. The tactics might change, but the intent needs to be documented. I think this comes back to, we talk about the facts and figures of communication, like communicating what's in the bank, what do we have in retirement savings, what do the numbers look like? But there's also vision setting and and, and dreaming big as a couple. This is something that, that Gina and I, We were fortunate that our circumstances required this because we lived so far apart when we first met and we had such an uncertain future. I was going to war and she was living back in the States and everything else. But we had to talk a lot about, we call it the hopes and dreams conversation. And they talk about big picture stuff and create that common vision because we had to think long-term. I think that muscle really helps. And I really encourage couples to dream together whether it's putting together a common bucket list or just having that vision because it creates some common ground. But, but be sure to talk about money because we've, uh, I think I've shared this story before with you about how Gina thought I was broke. When we were dating, she would see me using a card all the time. I'd take her out on a date. I'd pay with a card all, all the time. And she's very averse to credit card debt. So I proposed. She said, yes, she has the ring and everything else. That night, you know, we call the family and all the other stuff. That night, she's like, we need to talk because I see you using this card all the time and I want to know how much credit card debt you have. And I said, it's a debit card. <laughs> I don't have any credit card debt. She, she was not familiar with a debit card and she was making assumptions, creating stress, not communicating. And I wasn't communicating, either, but I didn't know that was stressing her out. But it was like, she was seeing this as a, yeah, I'm marrying this guy, but I want to know what I'm getting into because we talked about everything but money. And uh, so that was kind of our starting out point. So we just always bear that in the back of our minds that, hey, make, make sure we check in on the money stuff from time to time. That's so interesting. And I do think that is a way that you guys are different from my husband, Deke and I. You are a big picture person. And I think Gina's a big picture person. And I love that you guys kind of dream about things in the future. Similar to what I mentioned with, with couples coming in the door, I think Deke and I sometimes 
we approach things very differently and we really have to work at that couple's conversation. He is very much in the, let me just get through today. And part of that's life where we're at. I mean, how many practices do we have or after school activities or doctor's appointments or who's making dinner? What are we doing? It's much of the, the blocking and tackling for today. And I'm the one that constantly is trying to like pull out and say, okay, but where are we going? How are we getting there? How are we planning for that? And we kind of joke too. I have a tendency to put everything into the calendar. He has a tendency to take it all off of the calendar because I'm putting in too much. (laughs) And so we need to find a common ground with what are we doing? How are we doing it? And and what is a comfortable rhythm for us in, in trajectory? It takes work. It takes work and it's, it takes intention mm-hmm. also to be in, intentional about, okay, let's focus on where we are financially for just a little while here. It doesn't have to be all the time, but a couple times per year, do those check-ins, mm-hmm. make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. It's such a good point because every household has a unique way they talk and there's a unique division of labor. Like in our household, Gina's line is, uh, she's been keeping me in the black since 2003. Like she does the household budgeting. She writes all the checks. She handles the inflows and the outflows. I'm the guy looking over the next hill and the strategic guy. So every once in a while, I need a reminder that we do have retirement savings and we're doing these things for the long term. And she needs to remind me that the tuition's coming due this this month. That that type of st- stuff that's more, more in the moment and it informs the way we think. Like she can get stressed about the long term if I don't communicate effectively that we're doing the right things to to stack the deck in our favor. And I can stress out about the near term if I'm not asking the right questions of her. Those things, if let go too long, can create gaps and barriers to communication, gaps and barriers to planning. And they, they can influence timelines. Someone might think, I can't retire because my spouse is insecure about where the money's going to come from when you just haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. Right, it can, it can really have tangible effects on the actual planning that you do. Yeah. You know, I think ironically too, like that, that works well for a while, but the more you get ingrained into your specific set of responsibilities within the family, eventually, and oftentimes it's around retirement, eventually you look up and you realize my spouse is not as informed on these things that I'm doing as they need to be. And that actually creates pressure on both you and the spouse, because now you're feeling a great weight of making sure those things are done. And your spouse is feeling perhaps fear of being in the dark of what's being done and what needs to be done. And I think it works until it doesn't work. And that's why those consistent check-ins over the years, like it's fine. That division of labor is fine, but those consistent check-ins, throughout your your relationship are just so important. And to be on the same page with the big stuff. Mm-hmm. We have differences, Dennis, you and I, with how we think about things, how we approach things. We don't always agree on everything, but we have a lot of alignment for how we think about the business and what we're building and how we're serving clients. And I and frankly, I think that was informed by a lot of the the success in in casting a vision in marriage is like, okay, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to do something that's going to take up a, a lot of your, your time and energy, let's make sure we're aligned on those big things. We spent a lot of time on that vision early on mm-hmm. to, to make sure that it's something that we're bought into, that there's a common vocabulary that we use. And I think it, that's the thing. Every couple has their language that, that they use, but it takes a common vocabulary around how you do it. But then also not being afraid to change mm-hmm. or, or just acknowledging change because it's, 
the way a couple talks about money when they're first together might be different, could be different, should be different, maybe 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So how have you seen couple conversations evolve over time? I have definitely seen couple conversations come more in sync over time. Mm. The first year or two out of retirement, there's so much change that that's happening during that time. It's, right. it's a different lifestyle, it's different money flows, it's different expectations, it's different, you name it. When you get to years two, three, four, I think people start to recognize a little bit more of a rhythm. They, they learn a lot. Couples, spouses learn a lot about one another. And you can, you can see the dynamic of the conversation changing in planning meetings and in client meetings where I do think that alignment typically starts to narrow or if there are stresses, they show up quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that time period, a couple of years into retirement is when typically you can see, I'm going to say an increase in confidence and a, a lowering of stress. Yeah. And I'll say priorities can shift. Yeah. I, I think back to in the early days, Gina and I put together bucket lists, each of us, you know, and I, th- I think it's, they're still residing somewhere, they're probably in our trunk in the basement, but somewhere on that list, this is like pre-kids, she wanted to be club champion golf club champion. It's like, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. It's like, first of all, I've never seen you play golf. And second, what club are you talking about? <laughs> because there's, there's no such thing. And now I'll offer to take her out to play golf or something like that. She's like, I have no interest in doing that. That's just not something. So that's, that's completely off the bucket list. But that's an example of checking in and saying, let's not assume. And that, that's really the enemy here is that in the absence of conversation, we might assume that certain things are true of the person sitting across the table from us. So if I went out and bought Gina a new driver for Christmas, assuming that the, her bucket list is to be club champion, I would probably whiff on that one. And, and we have to be, be aware that just talking about those things and saying, and being aware of how our priorities shift over time is an important thing. Yes. I think this is a good conversation. It's something, I think that conversations in retirement might be different from the conversations leading to retirement, which could be a, another great topic for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I, I love this conversation in retirement for clients, because if there are a couple of takeaways from the conversation today, I think one of them is put it down, put it down on paper, put it down in a place where you guys, a centralized location that either of you can check in on. And he said, don't be afraid to change it. I, I love that, that flexibility. What else, what else do you need to, to really make a good couples conversation successful? Just humility. I think it's so, it's so important. If one person believes they know exactly what's going to happen and they've got it all in control, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. There are certain things you can influence, certain things you can't. So just approaching it. And, and that's where there's usually one spouse that's a little bit less engaged. And I think one of the risks is that the one spouse is less engaged because they feel the other one has it under control. And that, that perception is usually not true. And we just want to make sure that we're approaching it with the right dose of humility to say, like, anything can happen. And our plan can flex to address that, but let's not, you know, price everything to perfection and, and, and think that it's all under our influence because it's just not. Yeah. All right. So show up with an open mind, find that, that common vision, put it down on paper and don't be afraid to make changes along the way. That's it. And this is a timeless conversation because it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. 
We encourage you to keep those things up. And if, if we can help facilitate those conversations, it's a role that we really relish in, in the clients that we serve. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose. We hope you enjoyed getting to know us, how we approach leading a financial advisory practice, and the work we do every day to help families and couples make important financial decisions. Morton Brown Family Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com. Before we start, anything else you want to disclose that's under your feet? So I, that'll... No, I'm okay. good. All right, just the, just the massager ball. Got it. Yeah. Do, we, do we have more of those or is that a, is that a personal purchase? Um, it was a birthday gift, I believe, or a Christmas gift. It was a gift. Oh, nice. Yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe you can get one too. I'll work on that. My birthday's 11 months from now. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Christmas is coming up if you're looking for something. So. <laughs>